it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. It's Monday afternoon. This is the Monday Axon Bulletin. I'm Paul John Dykes and I'm delighted to be joined. I say that every time, but I really am delighted to be joined by Colin Watt and Amy Canavan. Welcome back. This is an old school Wednesday Axon Bulletin lineup. Am I right, Amy? Yeah, you are. Back in the good old days. Well, they weren't actually the good old days, were they? No, it was a really, really, really terrible old days. Really terrible time. <laughs> yeah, this no. is it. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you always look back with this golden haze. Uh, however, they weren't great days. I think we're now living in great days. Colin is sporting a Celtic top with the correct colour of Adidas stripes on the yeah. shoulder. We'll be talking about jerseys. We'll be talking about Jota. We'll be talking about all things Celtic. Um, we fly out today, correct me if I'm wrong, we fly out to Austria today. Uh, where we will be playing two games this week, one on Wednesday, one on Saturday. Colin, I'll come to you first. Um, we feel so well prepared, even just for the bounce games. It's it's frightening how well prepared as a Celtic fan I feel in this pre-season. How big is how much of that is down to Ange? How big an influence has he been in us getting our act together? Uh, it's massive, isn't it? And it's um, it's almost that sort of feeling that you've got. That you're like, right, when is something going to go wrong? <laughs> because you're just so used to it going wrong, something's got to go wrong down a, along the line. But no, this is um, this is what a proper team should be like—a proper, well-prepared team. And Ange just came in and certainly installed that within us. Um, you're seeing we've got the guys back in training. The international team uh, players are back today. We're flying out to Austria. Uh, we're going back and we're we're going to be playing some lower opposition first, building up to the sort of bigger games getting the fitness in the guy's legs. This is exactly what a pre-season is all about. And um, it is kind of going back to... Do you remember when we played was it Austria a couple of years ago when Brendan Rodgers was in charge? Oh, there's the Brendan Rodgers claxon at 1 minute 57 seconds. But That's early. Um, back in the sort of uh, Rodgers days when we went over to Austria before um, and a certain Anton Rodgers got a game. Wow. That's where we're kind of back at. So, no, I mean, we were very prepared back then. We obviously did very well in Europe, getting into the Champions League, etc. Hopefully this is a, a sign of what comes when you get a proper manager with proper um, ethos and uh, understands what we need to do as a club instead of just sort of turning up and playing five-a-sides. Yeah, you know, you've mentioned Anton. Um, other pre-season uh, memories are things like not having a centre-half in place for Champions League qualifiers again and again and again. Amy, how impressed have you been? It does seem as though we've approached it from a completely different angle and you've got to say a massive part of that is down to Ange Postacoglu. I know he's working well with Michael Nicholson. We will be talking about the board at some point today um, and it's not because we're going to be chanting sack the board. So uh, how impressed have you been, Amy, this pre-season? Yeah, very much so. I was um, listening to, to Alan Morrison on Friday and I, and I felt he was spot on and he said it a few times that, you know, this is really what you've got to take is like, not obviously the first, but like the second transfer window of Ange Postacoglu. So really like the first summer transfer window for Ange Postacoglu you know, last summer was just horrendous. And it was when Alan broke it down, it, it totally does make sense that he's just got the time, you know, I, I worked it and I remember, you know, having Yakimakis, Yota and Carter Vickers all on transfer deadline day last season and it was just everything just seemed so rushed and now you know you completely flip it yes maybe Jota took a little bit longer than, than some of us would have hoped but it doesn't matter now it, it's done it, like as, as Colin rightly said before we even get to Austria and now the international players are coming back as well so it's a complete you know polar opposite of, of what went on last season that having just everything in place already it seems you know we spoke about it so many times from probably around February onwards you know like what is going to be a, a good transfer window this this summer and for many it was simply just 
keeping Carter Vickers and Jota, you know, with an odd few as well. Hope mm. and, and hope. But to already have, you know, that, that backup keeper, um, a left back in as well now, and to secure Jota and Carter Vickers all before, you know, like first of July kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's unheard of in the last few years and even as you see that we were prepared under Brenton Rogers, I don't think we were actually as prepared as this you know there was always the fear as well under Rogers that prized assets were going to be going um, and that was you know obviously after an invincible season that was always going to be the case and more eyes I think were on Celtic with Rogers and you know everything well, everyone remembers back then anyway but I think this is just very settled um, and I don't know the last time that I felt so settled during a pre-season and yeah it was a dream to get Jota and Carter Vickers in and to have them in so early on still because I know we we're saying you know Jota felt like forever but it was still extremely early on you know we're only mm. officially I think what maybe like 10 days into the window by the time he signed two weeks maybe Um so just because Celtic haven't actually played for so long, that's why it feels almost so long. And yeah, it has toured basically the whole world in that time as well. Um, but no, it does just feel, yeah, I think I'd go with the word settled. The thing with Jota, I feel, is that um, I had the concern, a lot of Celtic fans may have shared the concerns that we wouldn't get one of them. We wouldn't get Jota or Carter Vickers. So even though it was a relatively short space of time, Colin, as Amy quite rightly said, it felt a lot longer because you just didn't want anything um, to affect us getting the Jota deal over the line. Um, I'm thinking regarding pre-seasons, there was also a pre-season and you might remember the game in the location, Colin, where we were so underprepared we even forgot to take our jerseys mm-hmm. and we ended up playing remember we played in the training kit the and training they, they'd kit, stuck yeah. names on the back uh, names and numbers on the back where were we was it Austria that was Austria or something like that I think it was Austria, yeah. yep yeah. so we were so underprepared back then we didn't even have the jerseys and we had to wear the training kit I'd love to get my hands on one of them by the way if anyone's got one I doubt it because it will be pretty rare Magnet67 welcome to the show you're watching on YouTube because at this moment in time we have decided to exclusively stream on the YouTube channel we were streaming all over the place previously uh, to increase the awareness of Axom on platforms such as Facebook Twitch etc but we are now exclusively on the YouTube channel so thanks for joining us, subscribing, liking the videos, giving us a big thumbs up. Afternoon Axom team, I can honestly say this is the first time in my 53 years supporting Celtic that I can recall us building from a position of strength in the past the board weaken us, strangely. I mean, even if you look back to the second season, going into the second season with Brendan Rodgers, Colin, and the strengthening that we did at that time, and we bring in uh, Johnny Hayes, uh, Olivia and Cham, Jack Hendry and Odson Edward on loan. Um, it was fairly underwhelming around about that pre-season, I think, looking back. Uh, not even just with hindsight, but looking back at that time, it was pretty uh, unconvincing, I would have thought. Um, but I'm not getting the vibes at all from Ange Postacoglu. What I would ask you, though, is these games that were coming up this week on Wednesday and on Saturday, what, what were your... What are your expectations? Are you expecting heavy rotation with the players just to try and get them uh, eased back into game time? Yeah, I don't expect that we'll see a lot of the international players on Wednesday. Um, I think what we'll see is the ones that have been at training since last Monday, plus a sort of sprinkling of the youth team players coming in as well. Um, It'll be interesting to see where guys like Ayeti in that stand I haven't seen much of him in training, if anything at all. Um, so 
if he doesn't travel out, then you're thinking it's going to be guys like maybe Johnny Kenny that get a chance to play up front um, just to see what he's got about him. Then you're looking at the back. Obviously, we've saw the, the injury to Starfelt. He looks as if he's back fit. But again, he was away on internationals during the summer, so he'll not be back till today. Um, Cameron Carter-Vickers was the exact same. So you're sitting there with Stephen Welsh. Um, and who's going to play alongside Stephen Welsh, perhaps? Boston Lowell will get a chance to step up from the, the B team. Uh, he'll get the chance to come in there. I, get, I mean, you think about all these guys that were actually away on international duty. We are going mm. to see quite a heavily youth-orientated team. I think you'll see the debut of Benjamin Segrist at some point. Um, at right-back, who's going to come in there? Because that's two right-backs that were on international duty. It'll probably be someone stepping up from the youth team. There's, a, there's going to be a lot of kind of players that we've maybe not seen before. And you remember back to this time last season when young Owen Moffat got the chance and he came in and he impressed during the pre-season, especially mm-hmm. when we were down at Loughborough. And a lot of people were kind of clamouring for him to get into the first team squad. I'm sure there'll be someone like that that catches the eye of the Celtic fans and um, he might not get the game time this season, but it'll be definitely something that we'll be keeping an eye on in the B team when they go back into the Lowland League this season. Amy, Taking what Colin says there into account and the fact that, you know, with the international games, uh, players just joining us, um, having not had the, the couple of weeks or the week of pre-season training before we go away, do you think that we might be in a position where this will tell us all we need to know about Chris Julien's future at Celtic? Because you think about the defence, like Colin was saying, international duty, Carter Vickers, Juranovic, um, Ralston, uh, and then... You know, if Welsh is playing, maybe he might play on the right-hand side of, you know, the defence. Does Julien get a game? If he doesn't, I think that tells you all you need to know about his career at Celtic and the fact that it is most certainly over. Or do you think we might get a surprise there? I think it'll be the case for a few players. Um, I don't know, that seems like a really obvious answer. But I think, like, Julien, I think it's Colin says, Ayeti as well. I can't think of, you know, spying them in any zoomed in pictures um, from from Celtic recently. I think Sorrow as well, as much as I, to be honest, would be quite happy if he didn't play a minute and kind of uh, just got him out the door. But I, I think it will be telling, absolutely. Julian's a different case, kind of, because the whole Schalke move um, or, or the lack of, really. Um, and that will be interesting because there's just still a lot of uncertainty as to who, what, when, where, why, that's all kind of fell apart, you know. Um, it'll be interesting what kind of fitness state is he in? Um, what's his mentality like? You know, does he actually want to play for Celtic? Because mm. if he's saying that he does, I know maybe these aren't the glamour ties that he wants to be playing in, but he needs to perform in these first and foremost. So um, it's going to be interesting. There's no two ways about it. And I do agree, though, as, as Colin said earlier, I do think there'll be a hefty amount of rotation. Um, you know, certainly... I'd say different 11s, each 45. Um, but, you know, your McCarthy's as well. And there'll, there'll be, there's a few on the fringes that, you know, I, I've, I've ramped on about before with you, Paul. You know, Scott Robertson, obviously, he, he'll come back, or he is back, sorry, from his loan move. I th- that's a guy I'm really excited about and, and have been for the last few seasons, as well as bang on, you saw him in, in, in Cluj. Um, and I think, you know, if 
if there's another decent pre-season, then does he get a chance at Celtic or is it another loan move out? And really, is another loan move out right for him or is it time just to move on? You know, is the Celtic dream just not going to really transpire? So there's a few guys on, on those fringes, but I think, yeah, Julian, absolutely all eyes will be on him and if and when he is in any kind of starting lineup, if he is. Every, sorry, Colin, on you go. I was going to say, for me, there's probably two people that I'm really interested to see this pre-season. Um, the first one is Yusuke Idiguchi, Um because he was someone who we got a, we got kind of glimpses of him at the start when he came in, and then obviously get injured and never really seen him towards the end of the season. Mm. Interested to see now that he's had a full pre-season behind him, what's he going to be like? Is he going to be the position? Is he going to be that central defensive mid that we've been crying out for? Is he going to kind of nail that position down? Because he's the one out of the three that kind of came over in January that were like, we're not really sure what this is going to be. Is he going to be a squad player? Is he going to be a first-team player? It'll be interesting to see how he fits in in pre-season. And the other one for me is Mikey Johnson. I think this is almost make or break for Mikey Johnson now. I've seen him putting in a lot of extra effort. He's had a lot of one-to-one sessions with Sam Wardrop who obviously used to play for Celtic and now is a personal trainer, seen that on social media. He has looked a bit sharper in the clips, the clips that we've seen. I think if he's going to break through, this is his big chance now. He's mm. got to be injury-free, coming in there, knows that he's going to get a game because the likes of Jota and that will not be playing at first. He has that opportunity to grab it and take hold of it. Otherwise, by the time the transfer window comes round, I think he'll be out the door if he doesn't. This is interesting for me, Colin, because it leads me on to another player who was involved uh, this time last year in Dembele. And I remember the pre-season last year, we were covering all the games, and I said what you've just said there about Mikey Johnson. I said that about Mikey Johnson and Dembele. I said it's the last chance, Saloon. This is it. This season, it's make or break. You prove that you're a Celtic player or you're on your way. And what we've seen uh, since then is I think Mikey Johnson... Um, didn't have a great season and you know the the typical flashes of what he can do uh, we've seen a few of them uh, Dembele completely different scenario in that he was uh, badly injured in a, a pre-season game never really got back to fitness and uh, now he's away and the rumour is uh, the strong rumour is that he's away to league un with uh, Brest and we wish him all the best. 19 years of age, we'll come back to him in a second. But I think that Mikey Johnson is an interesting one for him because he's got a quite a lengthy contract still at Celtic, mm-hmm. Amy. And he comes into the conversation time and time again, but simply because we know that he was so highly regarded. And he still is, certainly by his teammates. But I'm, I'm already at the stage where I, I was thinking what Colin said there. I was thinking that a year ago with Mikey Johnson. And I'm just, yeah, I'm not, I don't see when I'm looking at the first choice, then you've got the second choice behind them in every single position. I look at the left hand side and I think Jota followed by Maida and Mikey Johnson's third choice. But I do think there's a big drop off between the, the, the first two and Mikey. Um, what, what's your thoughts on Mikey Johnson, first of all, Amy? I think you're kind of spot on that there was a lot of promise a few years ago um, you know and I think there was a lot of excitement you're thinking finally again a homegrown player that we can kind of bring through get in the starting lineup. you know and that is what is the, the ideal at Celtic and it's just never really came to fruition as much as it should the hope what what Mikey Johnson's done on the pitch has never really matched up to the hope and the expectations kind of thing I think his biggest like lack 
lacking quality as his end product and that's shooting and in and, and cross ball situations you know the speed's undeniable um, you know and I think he can Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Be a man from time to time, but I think his end product can be woeful. Mm. Um, you know, you think about a hand in, but you think about just... I go back to the season against Wraith Rovers. I couldn't see him get a cross ball in, and, and that's against Wraith. And, you know, that's the kind of game. And I know if you're coming right out of the cold, it's not always quite so easy, but he wasn't totally out of the cold. This was still a guy that was making fleeting appearances and, and still on the bench. And, you know, as you rightly said, highly regarded still by his, his teammates. So you're like, right, he is still in and around first team setup. And, you know, he, he never really grabbed that chance at all. Um, and I was really, really disappointed with him that late afternoon so it's that frustration because I do feel that there has to be a player there you know and the fact that he stayed at Celtic for as long I think you've got to kind of believe that as well and it's the glimpses that we've seen but it's the frustration is equally matched that you know he's never really kicked on he's never made that shirt his own and I appreciate you know when Jota's came in it's not been tricky it's been tricky but you know there was purple patches with Jota this season there's a few times you know folk were wanting him dropped in, in X, Y and Z but I just feel you know Mikey Johnson I think the first word I just feel is frustration um, and you know like what could have been or what should have been um, I feel there's maybe been a missed opportunity there certainly from his side of things and yeah I think it will always just be that kind of, oh, you know, he, he did have it and he had that back and you can't say that he never had that managerial back and, you know, Rodgers, Lennon even a little bit um, and, and Postacoglu as well, the fact that he has still had them in and around, you know, Postacoglu's not going to have you on the bench if he doesn't think that he can, you know, kind of make any sort of difference. But I think even just, I frustration is literally it. And, you know, every time he's brought up, I just feel I'm always sighing because it just seems to be time and time again. You know, we're talking about this is like an old school Wednesday. You're talking about 18 months ago, we were having the exact same conversation about Mikey Johnson. Yeah. And I know there's been injuries and I know it's not always been plain sailing, but any time that he's been given that chance, you know, he's never went, that's why That's why we've still got him because there's still that opportunity there. I, I, 
I think most people are saying, you know, Mikey Johnson, if he's to stay at Celtic, he needs one of those transformative loan deals like Ryan Christie had. But it wasn't just that Ryan Christie found a club and it matched um, his style. Christie's physicality completely changed whilst he was away. He comes back and I think, you know, he put on something like a stone and weight and it looked as though it was all in muscle. You know, he came back looking completely different. Um, so if he is doing the sessions, like you say, Colin, then perhaps he is trying to improve on that side of the game. The, the Julien one for me, I, I do still get frustrated with him because, you know, at the time that we brought in Shane Duffy, uh, the centre-half position, I think, was under a wee bit of a um, attack because we were saying, you know, him and Ayer were poor at Rugby Park, remembering the ball and golly game, as I call it. Uh, so Julian had had, at that point, a, a very good Celtic career, very important goals, successful winning trophies. But when a player fails to come back after this length of time, you worry about his uh, fitness physically and mentally. But when he's on his way to talk to a club, and he's doing all this Instagram emoji nonsense. Um, I lose a wee bit. Of, I'm sorry, but I lose a little bit of sympathy for that because I just think that was quite a, a mercenary thing. People might think you're overreacting, but social media is a platform now for professional footballers to put things out there, and a lot of them do a lot of positive work on social media. And I just felt it was a dig. It was a wee bit, you know, presumptive, uh, presumptive from him that he was going to get the move. And he wasn't really thinking about Celtic fans when he was putting that out there, was he? Because he knew that guys like us, guys and girls like us, would be talking about it, will he, won't he, etc. And now, um, he's had to come back. He's had to come back with his tail between his legs. Um, I'm not so sure he'll be given another chance by Ange, to be honest with you. But uh, we will wait and see. This week's going to be very interesting. Welcome back, Paddy. Looking forward to Wednesday. Absolutely. It doesn't matter who we're playing, what level we're playing at. We'll all be looking forward to, to watching that. Jamie also is looking forward to the game. I think we all are. Magnet brings up a subject that we'll have a wee chat about. Um, Everton for the Sydney Cup. You will recall that uh, one of the original... Teams that were going to be playing in the Sydney Cup dropped out. If you read the press, it's got something to do with a backlash by the fans. I think it's got something more to do with the fee that they were offered and the fact that they were Celtic's uh, tribute act, uh, really. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. But there has been some strong rumours that Everton will be taking the place of Rangers. And I think of Everton, I think back to uh, the days you're talking about old school. We seem to play English clubs quite regularly. And in particular in friendly and testimonial games. So Liverpool and Man U seem to be playing Celtic on a regular basis. But Everton popped up a few times as well during my Celtic support in life. And I think back to a 2-2 game at Celtic Park. I remember that well in 1990, long before your time, uh, Colin and Amy. But uh, I do remember the game pretty well. And I'm just looking at the goals that were scored by Paul Elliott and Joe Miller with Mike Newell. Um, who would go on to play for Aberdeen, scoring two goals for, for Everton on that occasion. And then we played them again in 1995. This was for the Neville Southall testimonial game. And I remember that game because I've got the VHS video and that will form part of Staxholm's retrospective series when we return to that. Um, these English players, I know Neville Southall was Welsh, all right? but what I mean is English bass players... Uh, tended to ask Celtic to play them in testimonials because they knew we would have a massive travel and support and it would uh, fill up the coffers of their testimonial fund. And indeed, um, there was a huge support. We went down to Goodison. It was a 2-2 game uh, where John Collins scored two goals. Duncan Ferguson scored for Everton 
and Anders Limper, formerly of Arsenal, also scored. Everton were 2 nothing up at half-time and we pulled it back to 2 each. But probably, and there has been another game actually, we played them uh, 1-0 uh, 2006, Aidan McGeady scored the goal. But the most famous game I reckon we've ever played against Everton was in the Empire Exhibition Cup final. No calling it wasn't at the game. It was the 10th of June 1938. The goal was scored by Johnny Crum. It was 1-0 Celtic where champions of Britain as a result of that um, interestingly Jimmy Delaney played for Celtic he is John Kennedy's granddad so there's your wee link to that so if we do face Everton will you be pretty happy with that Amy do you think that'll be a good replacement for uh, Rangers in the Sydney Cup I don't know um, we're talking about Everton quite a lot amongst um, my friends now because I just think they're really really rank um, <laughs> and it's you know they're not the Everton you know, last season was a, a calamity, really, and the fact that, you know, we're deep into February, early March, and there's a real worry that everyone are going to get relegated here. Um, and in all honesty, this transfer window so far, I don't think it's going all too great for them. I, I, I like the signing of James Tarkovsky. Um, I do like him as a centre-half, but, you know, letting... Well, not letting, but losing Richarlison, um, who's a bit of a hothead but at least he's a bit of a spearhead for Everton he's a, bit, a little bit of a, a talisman to lose him to, to Spurs um, I, I think that's a tough one so it'll be interesting to see what Lampard can do um, there you go Frank Lampard remember when he was linked to the Celtic job last season Yeah, yeah. Um, quite heavily like God knows who started that rumour anyway but it, it might I, have been me well, nah you're Mark Hughes um, I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how um, excited I would be with Everton, in all honesty. Colin like, enjoyed that a wee bit too much in the top right hand corner of the screen. I've yeah. been Everton ten years that way. Well, I mean, I, I, absolutely. Everton are not the force that uh, we have seen them in the, in the not too distant past. And I remember a, an Everton side even longer ago, back in the 1980s, who were a fantastic side. And I've met quite a lot of Everton fans who favour Celtic. Um, as a Scottish club they do have that that link and it would be good I think to um, uh, resurrect that I don't like the fact that the Scottish game did have strong links to some English clubs and Celtic in particular had strong links to Man United, Liverpool, Everton and you know I don't think that we've been working on that as clubs. I don't think the opposition clubs care too much because they're so caught up in the English game so I, I, for one, would uh, welcome a, a friendly against Everton. What's your thoughts, Colin, on that? And uh, let's stick to Frank Lampard, not go down to... In fact, I'm pretty sure Sparky will do well next season um, uh, with his Bradford side. But anyway, Everton, Frank Lampard, would you be happy with that, Sydney Cup? <clears throat> I mean, I'd be happy to beat them because um, I don't particularly like Everton. Uh, I'd far prefer to play the team that just... Is further up the street. Any um, reason? Any reason why you don't like Everton? Because I like Liverpool. Right. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Um, no, look. Let's be honest. The, the team that we're going to face, uh, if it is Everton, it will be a kind of young team because a lot of their players will be at the World Cup. Um, the dinosaur Pickford will probably be in goal. He's the worst goalkeeper I've seen in a long time. He's terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, We'll maybe see Nathan Patterson get a game for them. That'll be interesting. It'll probably be his first game of the season by that point. Um, look, Everton are, as Amy says, a terrible side. They were very, very lucky to survive relegation last year. And Frank Lampard's a terrible manager. 
So if that's the kind of opposition that they put up in front of us, then I would expect us to turn them over quite comfortably. Okay, we'll come back to that, Nathan Patterson, a, a poor man's Tony Ralston, I'm sure you'll agree. Frank Kennedy, hello PJ, what's your interview with Richard Jobson? What an intelligent, interesting guy. I think he's referring to Richard, I'm sure he is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you haven't seen it, have a wee look at it on the YouTube channel, because as you probably know, Richard Jobson's a, a big Celtic and St. Pauli fan. But beyond that, I mean, we spoke for 40 minutes and it could have been a three-parter. It just so happens that his band were setting up for a rehearsal and you can hear them clattering about just near the end. Uh, so he had to go away, otherwise we could have gone on and on and on. Uh, there's a wee bit of Celtic chat in there, St. Pauli chat, uh, but he is such an intelligent guy. And great, gave us his time from such a talented family. I've said this before, five brothers who all went away on their separate paths. John Jobson scoring 40 goals a season for Meadowbank Thistle. Um, obviously uh, Richard being the most famous one Michael who's been on the show as well so check that out on A State of Mind uh, Kevin Graham's not letting this go as he sack the board he says um, we'll have a wee chat about their performance this pre-season uh, here's an interesting one from Matt Call 1985 would you take Jason Denier back he is a free transfer Jason Denier I'm pretty sure Colin if you go back he made my team of the decade when we mm-hmm. did that some time ago um, I, I thought he was brilliant I know that some people felt that uh, Van Dyke made him look good I don't fully subscribe to that I think Van Dyke would make most players look good to be fair but did, on his own merits I thought Denier was an excellent talent I don't think he seemed that interested in coming to Celtic actually after his uh, loan spell uh, the next club he went to was Galatasaray he's all, also spent time at Sunderland um, and also the, his last club Leon. So his um, his contract is up, and I don't know. I really I get a, a feeling, Colin, that back then was the perfect time to sign Jason Denier because he was probably gettable. I'm not so sure he would fancy the move now. What's, what's your thoughts, Colin? I mean, if he did fancy the move, then to be honest, it's a no-brainer. He's a fantastic centre half, um, and he offers that experience to the back line as well. If you're looking at a sort of competition between Cameron Carter-Vickers, Staffelt and Denier, that can only push each other on. Um, in my opinion, it would be a quality backup option, something that we've not had for a long time. I always felt if your first choice centre-halves were out, the backup wasn't ever quite up to that standard. So if you could do that and you could have the three actually fighting for the two jerseys, then that would be that would be ideal. Because um, I, I do think there is a bit of a drop-off as it stands at the minute between... Cameron Carter, Vickers, Staffelt and Stephen Welsh. Mm. So just to add a bit of strength and depth to that position if he's available, you've got to just ask the question. There's no harm in asking the question. I agree with that and I, and I do like Welsh and I think that you know he's done so, so well but I do agree that you know, you're know maybe, let's say you're on the eve of a big Champions League game or a big Glasgow derby and um, something, be that illness or injury happens to one of your centre-halves, I would be feeling a wee bit worried going into that game, as we currently stand. Um, the Chris Julien situation, again, Amy, has probably delayed any uh, business, I would say, probably delayed any business in that area of the park. But when you think back to Denier, another big thing that Julien, in fact, used to give us was um, attacking prowess, particularly aerially um, with set pieces, etc. And Denier gave us that as well. Didn't he score on his debut? I heard on his debut at Celtic Park. Um, what's your take on Denier? Is it going to be out of our hands because he's probably got aspirations elsewhere? Or would you make attempts to bring him in? 
don't ask, you don't get. Um, and I, I, I certainly would ask the question. You know, I think it would probably be a, a huge stretch. There's no two ways about that. But I think, you know, as Colin rightly said, if Denier was kind of open to it, then I think Celtic should do everything you really can. You know, this is a guy that's played Champions League football with Leon. He's got over 100 appearances for Leon, And, it's, you know, that's not just like some bog standard site. Um, you know, he, he's racked up the caps as well for, for Belgium. I think he's probably nearing about 40 now, um, if not surpass that. And again, in a very experienced Red Devils defence, you know, he's probably timing it right about now. And I'd like to hope and, and think that maybe his, his appearances are kind of um, notch himself up a, a little bit quicker. You know, your, your Aldevirils, your Vertongans, um, Vermalins, they, they're all coming to the to the end of their international career um, if they haven't actually already um, in, in the case of Vermalins. So I think it's, um, yeah, it's definitely a question to ask. And like you say as well, it's a frustration of mine a, a few times, you know, that well, it's probably because Celtic actually don't have a very decent corner kick taker, but you know we don't score from set pieces at all. Really, it, it's very fleetingly, um, and you know when you look at the size of our centre halves, you know I would want Julian scoring more goals, even more than he did. You know, what Cameron Carter Vickers scoring more goals? It's, I think it's insane. You know, you've got a centre half in Starfield who's not scored at all. Um, in denier, yeah, I don't know how many eventually did get Celtic, but. Six, five, six, something like that. Six, exactly. There you go. There's a good guessing. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say that uh, that's one that you've definitely got to ask that question because I think the experience now it has as well. I think he's about 27, 28, um, and that is, you know, a, a decent age for a centre half coming in, and you know, he's got the he understands the size of the club, the magnitude, and not that he's got a point to prove. I don't think that at all, but you know, in himself. He, last time round, he was partnered up with uh, with Virgil Van Dijk. So this time coming in, you be the Virgil Van Dijk. You know, you be the main man, and um, the one that everyone else is looking to. So it would be a, an unbelievable signing, to be honest. Um, but do I really see it happening? I think it would be uh, quite a stretch. I, I think it would be a sensational signing, like you say. Mate. You're right. He is 27. He's got 35 caps for Belgium. He scored half a dozen goals for. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Um, but I just feel that, you know, he's come from Man City. He might still be looking at that being his level up. By that, I don't mean Man City, but the, the Premiership in England. He's maybe wanting another uh, stab at that. We shall see if it happened. 
I would be astonished. However, give him five minutes on the phone to Ange, and I'm pretty sure he will come to Celtic because everybody else does. Um, as soon as they've spoken to Ange Postacoglu. Uh, a few more comments coming in. Michael Ross comes in again. Welcome back. Celtic's previous preparations for Champions League qualifiers were amateur at best. It sometimes felt like that uh, to the point where we had £10 million worth of signings sitting on the bench and Callum McGregor playing left back. Uh, and suffice to say we got knocked out of the qualifiers then as well Durban Kilche we need new board members with a bit of dynamism I find this interesting because we've said time and time again if Celtic are winning or you've got a manager who seems to get the buy-in of the vast majority if not all of the Celtic support um, then the board kind of go back into the, the shade a little bit you know they're not uh, at the forefront of our minds because things are going well and I've, it's a discussion that I've had with Jim, Jim Moore quite a few times. Jim, of course, spearheaded an early version to try and oust the old uh, board previously, the Whites and the Grants, etc., um, and the Kellys. Uh, so Save Ourselves were formed by Jim Orr, who will be back on a Friday. He's just having a well-deserved break. And I used to say that. You would build up a head of steam, Colin, but then Celtic would win a game, sign a player, sack the manager or whatever. And the fans kind of lost interest a bit. And I'm not saying we're losing interest because I think that uh, there's no other club in Scotland where the fans are, you know, under, you know, they understand the, the inner workings of their club so, so well. Um, and the board obviously are, are often at the forefront of that. But let's be honest, the board hasn't really changed. Michael Nicholson took over from Peter Lowell, but you know the board are still there, the board of directors, the chairman is still there. Um, and I think that uh, both Nicholson and Postacoglu are doing a remarkable job of keeping um, the limelight off of the board. Um, again, though, if we're winning games, do you think it'll ever be a, a real concern to the vast majority of Celtic fans, Colin? We are a bit of a fickle bunch, aren't we? If we're winning, it's all sunshine and rainbows and if it's if we're losing, it's uh, the end of the world. We we are a, a very fickle bunch in that that sense. But there's obviously guys like Kevin who have got the the sort of mantra of continuing this no matter what. And fair play to them. There's others that just kind of want to see what's happening on the park, and they take it from there. Look, it's it's a difficult one. Obviously, as I say, Michael Nicholson's come in and he's sort of loosened the purse strings a bit, and we're bringing in some of these players on bigger fees I mean it was only sort of what two three months ago that we're sitting going well if you could only get one of Jota and Cameron Carter Vickers who would you pick and then well I was going to say unfortunately but it's not it's fortunately we've been able to afford both of them maybe unfortunate if your name's Joe Black but hey ho um, look it's obviously a slightly changed approach just now Celtic are investing where they didn't before is that a change in mindset from the board or is it just a case of this is the way business now works and realistically we could actually be spending more we're yeah. probably still I probably will. we're probably still quite tight on the first things there is an opportunity to spend more we are still in that sense but it's just the way that things have moved in the world before maybe a Two, three million pounds signing, you could have picked them up for under a million pounds. This is just the way that transfer fees are evolving now. So that Celtic spending six, seven million pounds on a player, that's actually going to become something of the norm because that's the way money's going. You take a look, you just mentioned in Richarlison there a minute ago, 65 million pounds he went for. He's not a 65 million pound player. 
But that's the transfer fees that people are spending. You take a look at even teams like Aberdeen and Hearts. They're going to be spending millions of pounds this summer. I think Hibs, Hearts and Aberdeen have been very busy, Colin. It's, it's yeah. an interesting point um, because all three of them, I think Hearts had a decent uh, season last year, but certainly Hibs and Aberdeen know they've got to do better, so they're changing their approach. But just go back a year ago. Go back to the time where we signed Juranovic. Uh, and some of the comments that were being made by Ange Postacoglu, I mean, I'll come to you on this one, where he's basically came out and said the deals aren't being done fast enough for his liking. We don't know who we missed out on, but there is an opportunity there probably um, for one or two players that Ange wanted and we didn't get them in. And the only change at board level since then has been Dominic Mackay out and Michael Nicholson in. So... You know, I can't give him enough credit for that. We don't know the inner workings uh, of Celtic, but we do know that that change happened and then all of a sudden uh, there was a real change, like Colin says, in our uh, transfer dealings. And and I guess the, the question is, I mean, building from a position of strength is one thing, but how far are we going to push it? I mean, for example, if... Jason Denier was was in the mix and he was on a he was demanding huge wages as I'm sure he, he will be if if uh, you know if he's in discussions with any club do we push the boat out do we bring in because or or do we revert back to that point where you know what we'll just wait until we tie up a deal with Julian and we'll we'll run with Julian and, and Stephen Welsh's backup I, I guess there's going to be a few challenges do you think that um, now that Postacoglu um, has made his feelings known and, and it does look as though we mean business this season that it is a complete sea change um is, there's no two ways about it. Yeah, sea changes is the the way to to go. Um, I think yeah, Michael Nicholson does deserve huge credit, you know. Um, and in that same breath, I know it sounds really contradictory, but I think I still tip my cap to guys like Kev, as Colin says, who even when things are going rosy, that they are the ones constantly, you know, beating that same drum and. Because you know, not even just Celtic fans, football fans are fickle. You know, and it's not even just with the board. It's the same with players and management. You know, it's, um, it's short-lived memories as well. When when things are going well, it doesn't really matter. So, I think actually, when things are going well, it's even more important to to still call out what is maybe not going so well. Mm. Um, and I think that's you know, like you see, you still see the comments coming through, but. In my own personal opinion, I think you've just got to give huge credit to Michael Nicholson. And I think the manner in which he's went about it as well is commendable that, you know, you don't see him in front of the press every few weeks or, or anything like that. He's not coming out and there's certainly, I don't think there's quite the leaks that there, there maybe has been previously. Um, and I think things are just wrapped up a little bit better and, and things are done a lot more neatly and arguably professionally. So there has to be huge credit to Michael Nicholson, and you know, I don't, you don't know how much that also goes down to Anthony the relationship that they have. You know, mm-hmm. from here, from our perspective, you've got to think that they're clearly getting on really rather well, um, and it's there's a mutual respect there. And at the end of the day, I think that's actually all you can really ask for. Yeah, absolutely, and long may it continue. Uh, before we move on, Colin, I noticed that you are wearing a Celtic strip with green Adidas stripes on the shoulders. Uh, since we last spoke, obviously, we've, we've now got two uh, strips launched, and there has been an image leaked of a third kit. And uh, I don't know if you can shed any light on the colour scheme. I see it as kind of silver and lime, something along those lines. What's the story with that? Does that look genuine to you? I wouldn't be surprised if that was... It's what we came out with. Um, I think the third kit is always a sort of throw it out there 
hit it against the wall and see if it sticks sort of thing. We've never really had a, a classy third kit. You take a look at that monstrosity of a kit that we never wore once with a, under the New Balance with a sort of pink arrow pointing like it. towards the crotch area. Uh, I don't know, did you ever see the, the programme on Saturday tea time with Dale Winton? It was called Hole in the Wall. <laughs> they had these I'm celebrities. wondering what's coming here, Colin. Come on. <laughs> they had these celebrities dressed up in lycra suits and they had to perform, like they had to balance in the right way to fit through the wall. That's literally what that away kit looked like. You can look it up after that and you can see where the inspiration came from. It was an interesting wake-up for me because I couldn't get my hands on it. Um, and obviously I was going through the entire collection of Celtic jerseys as part of my research and it was a very difficult jersey to get. And I spoke to Celtic at the time and um, the, I was informed that there was plenty of the replicas uh, underneath the Celtic shop, probably because nobody was buying them. Uh, but they couldn't find a match-worn jersey for me because nobody had worn it in a game. It's the only Celtic jersey that was never worn. So eventually we got a match-prepared one and we were able to take a picture of it. And now when I look at the pictures, Amy, it doesn't look so bad. However, I'm not convinced with this silver and lime green one. I've not seen the full design, of course. But I'll go back to what I've said before. I think the third kit is an absolute cash-in. Everybody knows that, right? Because Celtic don't need a third kit. You can set up your two kits knowing um, that the away kit would suit any occasion in Scottish football where an away kit might be required. You just need to look at the colour schemes. You might come a cropper in a European game, and I remember in the past, remember the, the one-off European kits has been a thing, um, not particularly for Celtic, but it has happened in the past. But the third kit, it's a complete rip-off. It's a total cash-in. And my suggestion has been a few times, your, your third kit, you make it a charity kit. And that is where you, you know it's not going to get worn very often, if at all. You make it a charity kit, but you do it for the former players and the former players' association so that all purchases of said kit goes to the former players. That's what I would do. But, you know, I'm not uh, an employee at, this, at the club. I'm not trying to get a, club, a, jo a job at the club or indeed a journalistic position either, as has been there's suggested. There's probably a way to do it as well where you've got, all these um, young fans. Let the fans design it. it. Aye, what's it called? The Young Hoops Club or something like mm. that? Where the kids join up and they get a chance to become the mascot and things like that. That could be part of the package that they get to design a kit every so often. Let them design the kits, Colin. I mean, it, it's a third jersey that we never really wear. No. Um, and it is a, a total cash-in. So give all the money to the former players association as well that's my suggestion Frank Kennedy denier would be a great signing if he is on a free go get him Ange um, as I say give him five minutes uh, on the phone with Ange and I'm sure he would agree Andrew Galea I'm on holiday so able to watch life for a change normally asleep by now well, welcome to the show and thanks for commenting Andrew it's a pleasure for you to be involved and everybody that's involved thank you all for getting uh, behind a Celtic state of mind Matt Cole comes back and maybe the draw of Champions League football would swear him well Possibly, and I think also a big sway has been Ange. So let's have a wee chat about Ange because so many players call and they say, you know, five minutes of a conversation with Ange Postacoglu and they want to sign for Celtic. He seems able to sell the dream um, of what his vision is uh, to players. And I think that what's interesting is we go on about some of the players. You said did a good earlier on, and I think you're right. There's a whole host of players, Colin, that we've not really seen them in top gear. 
because we've not seen them whilst they're settled in. They've had a full pre-season behind them. And some of the Japanese players' cases, they're, they're rested because they never really had a rest when it came mm. to Celtic. But in many ways, the truth could be said about Ange, you know, because we all know the scenario whereby we went as far as we possibly could and we fell at the last hurdle with our first-choice manager. Ange gets the call, he jumps in a plane, he comes over on his Todd and it's right into work. He needs to learn about his staff, he needs to learn about the, the personnel that he has at his disposal. And he has to do all that in a short space of time for a Champions League qualifier. So what I'm, I'm really focusing on now is what to expect from Ange when he doesn't have any of these drawbacks um, to contend with as well, Colin. What are we going to see? Are we going to see a Celtic side that, you know, kicks off the way we finished off last season um, because obviously it took a wee while for uh, the whole momentum to start uh, going full pelt for, for Ange Postacoglu's side. What are you expecting in season two from Ange? Um, I'm expecting more great press conferences. Um, I think the way that he's handled the press so far has been extremely impressive and I, I'm sure after a summer of being able to come up with some more witty one-liners then that will be interesting uh, when they come back and have a go at them. Um, I'm also expecting to see a bit more when it comes down to sort of set pieces. I don't think we've seen a lot of um, training ground movements off set pieces, and I do think Andrew's probably got a couple of those in his locker. I do remember, was there one against Livingston last year where the ball was cut across the edge of the box and Rogic uh, slammed it home? Motherwell. Motherwell, was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but apart from that, I think it's something that we need to work on. I think it's an area that Ange has um, sort of identified. If you look at guys like Cameron Carter-Vickers and Starfield, um, and even some of the, the kind of bigger guys that we've got up front as well, and the fact that we're not really scoring a lot from set pieces, I think that'll be something that we work on. Um, and I think just the, the focus on continuing this style of play that he's, he's been implementing, I think there'll be fine tweaks here and there especially when it's against the the kind of bigger teams that will be coming up against in the Champions League. If you come up against a Real Madrid or a Liverpool or a Man City, how do you set up and how do you set up to play your style of football without having these performances like we did um, under Rodgers where you lose 6-1 to PSG and 5-0 to Bayern Munich and stuff like that? It's um, He's not going to change his style but they can find tweak it here and there just to be more competitive. And I think that's what you'll see where we struggled to break down teams last year, working on that in training. Where can you do this? If this is the situation, what do you do? What do you turn to? There'll be a lot more of sort of plan 1A, 1B, 1C, 1C, 1D, instead of different um, plans that he goes to. You'll have Kyogo up front or you'll have Jack and Marcus up front and you'll build a, a set of sort of plans around them. I think that's quite interesting when you think about what Jota was saying on, on Friday, Amy. Obviously, Laura went to the press conference for us, um, expertly done by Laura, and um, he was talking about the approach not changing. It doesn't matter what you know competition you're playing in, the quality of the side that you're playing the approach won't change. But what do you expect to see a wee bit differently? He's obviously, he's come in, he's started tinkering with his backroom team, Harry Kiel's in the door. Um, he's going to continue, I guess, to try and filter out players that were never part of his plans or they've proven not to be part of his plans and bring in uh, new personnel. But the whole thing being done 
uh, timelessly without the rush, the mad rush for the qualifiers. Um, I do think we're going to see an improved, like Colin says, a version 2.0 of Ange Postacoglu, and that could well be quite a frightening prospect. The other thing that hasn't really been mentioned is um, he's gone on about Amy tapping into other markets. Do you expect him also to have his eye on a few players still in the J-League? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Because we haven't tapped into that other than Maeda, but that had already been set up from last season's loan deal. I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but I think he'll be acutely aware that um, he probably won't get the prices that he, he would have got last season. Um, and I think, you know, that's just going to be extremely wise from any kind of J-League team. You know, they look... Actually, I've loved, you know, seeing Maeda go back and, and um, Kyogo go back as well, and, and, and Hisati, actually, um, and, and the reception that they've had. So, you know, there's no denying that they are extremely aware of the impact that, that these players have made in Ange Postacoglu's team. So I don't think you'll get any of them quite so cheap again if, if Ange Postacoglu kind of comes knocking. But I wouldn't be surprised, absolutely not, if he doesn't have a few more tricks up his sleeve there, you know also already dipped into the South American market, a market that, you know, is kind of probably before now rather alien to us. Mm-hmm. Um it's been fleetingly. So I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked. And I'm looking forward to you know, like Colin rightly says like a two A, a two B kind of setup. And you know, he's going to do exactly what he's done all season and, and stick to his guns and it will just be like tiny little tinkering changes. It won't be anything, you know, catastrophic. It's, especially now that we always talk about, you know, the evidence, the blueprint and whatnot. Well, he's got the perfect back catalogue behind him now from this season that perseverance is, is the way to go, really. And, yeah, when things do need to be changed, either, you know, Kyogo or Yakimakis and, and whatnot, I don't think there'll be anything too, you know, gigantic. I think it'll just be little changes and he's very... Um, particular, uh, we've spoken about it many a time, you know, where he likes his fullbacks to play, the, the role, the running that they have to do. So I, I think that'll all still be very similar. Um, and I, I think it'll be, it'll more just be interesting if what happens in Europe, you know, I think that's where the, the 2A, 2B, 2C will need to come in. Um, and, you know, I think I'll need to certainly be more defensive minded. I think maybe that's where the naivety in particular has really came through, you know. I'm more than happy for Cal McGregor to be pushing forward, but sometimes I just think that, you know, that defence need that little bit of covering and that's not a slight on the defence right now. You know, Celtic needed that when Virgil van Dijk and, and Denier were in defence. That's just what you need to do against these top European sides. So I think I would certainly like to see maybe even plan A, B, C, D, one, two, three, many a plan for, for Europe, but there needs to be a little bit more variation and, and probably a lot more streetwise. And, but, you know, I don't think anything that we're seeing here is groundbreaking. I think that'll certainly come to fruition under under Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, One thing, sorry, sorry Colin. I was going to say, I don't think Japan will be the market this summer, purely because the season's still sort of halfway through at the moment. And you know how difficult it is trying here in Europe to get players halfway through the season. So it might be a scouting mission this summer, but I think it might be something that we return to in January when the mm. season's finished. 
um, and bring in the, the players that we're eyeing up, I think. Um, again, there'll be players that Ange wants, but there'll be players that Ange has on his sort of backup list. And what's been impressive is when he's had to turn to that backup list, we've not seen the drop in quality. Like, if you go back to the signing of Matt O'Reilly and how everyone's fought, fell head over heels for Matt O'Reilly, you've got to remember that Riley McGree was the first choice. He was the one that Ange wanted in at first. Mm. And then when he decided that Middlesbrough were a bigger club, I don't know, maybe to us a bash to the head to decide that, but we then pick up someone like Matt O'Reilly, who was seen as the second choice, the same way that Ange was seen as the second choice. The quality never dropped. So if we do see Celtic going in for players like, for example, Vincent Souza, who's been linked for a while now, mm. if we don't pick him up, I'm fully confident that the person that we do pick up is of similar, if not even better quality than the main target. No, that's a good point. Uh, well made by Colin Watt. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. Liam Tennant, Mickey Johnson will need to use this as his last chance. Well, Liam, I think he's already had that. Um, so let's wait and see. However, if he goes out on loan, and I said he should go to the MLS, if he goes out on loan for a season, he might come back a different player. Uh, the Urban Culture, again, Julian has obviously gone backwards and just watching him, him at training. Yeah, I'm, I'm of that view, and I think that he's shot himself in the foot as well uh, with these Instagram posts. So I don't see a way back from but who knows? Elfin Priest, I didn't realise Robertson's only 20. He's gone out there, early doors, got about, I think it's 80 games or something under his belt at senior level at various clubs. Um, and again, you know, we might put him out on loan, but I think, Colin, you were saying that his contract's up this time next year. So if you were to put him out on loan, it could actually end his, his time at Celtic. Rory Grant, hail, hail from Dublin. Enjoy the podcast, boys and girls. Yeah, Rory, thank you for getting involved. A few other points to come in before we move on. Michael Ross, as long as Julian doesn't do a bobo and sit in the stand, remember that. Um, I am the CEO of Bobo Baldi, I think the famous quote was. Uh, Around about that time, Bobo Baldi played with a guy called Arthur Boric. You might remember him. Um, an eccentric goalkeeper who we are going over to Poland to um, resurrect our friendship with him because we've been invited over. It's not so much a testimonial game, but a, a benefit game that he's getting for Legia Warsaw. I remember at the time saying I was quite surprised because of the relationship or lack of that we had with the club following the uh, Champions League exploits where they didn't fill out the forms properly and they got booted out of the competition. Uh, 20th of July, we're playing Legia Warsaw. I was reading today that there's been a bit of furore over the ticket pricing because they've had the audacity, Amy, to double the ticket prices to between £11 and £15. Um, and there has been an absolute uproar in relation to that. They've only sold 3000 uh, which has resulted in Boric coming out on social media to say, um, if you didn't want to come and join us, stay at home, in typical Arthur Boric style. Um, he's obviously a bit of a hero over there. He's a cult icon over here. He deserves a wee bit better, does he not, than three or 4000 at his benefit game? Yeah, what a guy. Um, he was obviously, yeah, when I was just obviously getting into Celtic and really managing to kind of recall things, um, Boric was number one, and I just loved that. I loved his antics. Um, and I I just, I definitely does deserve better. He, he doesn't doesn't really ever ha- hold back. Um, remember being like, not hurt, but, because what was, I, know, I was at Leisure, I watched a game and we got absolutely hammered by them and then got, Put, they got put for cheating and then still ended up getting beat by Maribor, didn't we? Um, went to that one as well. That was my blessing. Um, what was that, like 2013, 14? 
that? It was under Ronnie, and um, <laughs> it was. Am I right in saying it was at Murrayfield? It was at yeah. the Leisure Wars. Yeah. Murrayfield, yeah, it was yeah. horrendous. But yeah. remember beforehand, like Boris came out and obviously was saying, you know, that like he, he was obviously team Leisure Wars or kind of thing. I remember being like genuinely heartbroken at that because like this was the guy that like I, I totally loved. But um, no, I, he does deserve better. But um, I was in the same kind of boat as you that. I was surprised in the sense that it was Leisure because, yeah, it's, there's no love lost between Celtic fans and, and Leisure Warsaw. There's, there's no two ways about that. But coming together for Arthur Boris, he is, he's quite the character. And I hope, I hope he, he does get better numbers than that, to be honest. I really do. Uh, I mean, the, the fans have come out and said that Leisure Warsaw um, have embarrassed themselves, Colin, by uh, upping the price to 11 to £15. Pounds. And I know that economically it's completely different. Uh, over in, in Poland but surely when it's a, a club legend like like Boric you come out and support him but he has come out and basically says well if you really want to come and see me just stay at home that sounds exactly what Arthur would say um, I don't think the, the guy kind of gives um, much consideration to stuff like this it, the guy's probably made his money Look, obviously he's got this sort of farewell game it's not like back in the day when you were speaking about like, Neville Southall's testimonial earlier where that money might have been put to good use for him retiring because a lot of these guys just end up picking up a job in the media right away. Um, probably much to the frustration of people like Amy who are working and slaving away to try and get into the media. And if you've kicked a ball for somebody, then sometimes you just end up in as a pundit. Um, like 11 to £15, obviously know that there'll be some Celtic fans travelling over there, so they try to cash in on it. Um like they'd probably got a fairly decent crowd if you'd played it at Celtic Park or if you'd played it somewhere else as well. I do hope that they, they do turn out for him. He, he was a great goalkeeper for us um, and he was a great kind of player to be um, watching as he grew up and he had a fantastic song as well. So, yeah, I, I hope he, he does do well um, and he gets a, a couple of quid out of it. He played until he was 42, which isn't old at all. Uh, Frank Kennedy comes in. I don't know what you're laughing at, Amy. Um, Denier would be a marquee signing. He definitely would. He would be huge to bring in a player like that. But I just get the feeling that he's got... And I'm going back to the fact that he didn't sign for Celtic because he didn't fancy it permanently. And I just don't think he fancies Scottish football. He probably, you know, regarding... Having played in the Belgian side, like you say, Amy, for you know, 35 times. I just don't think that's where he sees his future. But if anyone can turn his head, it could be Ange Postacoglu. Uh, we're talking about, obviously, players that uh, he's bringing in, but a couple of those that have gone seem to be um, tying up deals. And it was interesting to see Nir Beaton, Amy, sporting the colours of his new club, uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv. He called Celtic the biggest club in Scotland. A good use of social media by Nir Beaton to send the masses into a lather. Uh, we wish him well, of course. But the other one who we reckon will be signing up very soon with Brest is Karamoko Dembele. And in my time, he must rank as one of the biggest disappointments in a Celtic jersey, a, a player that we came, it, we seen coming through, age of 13, the amount of buzz and hype around the kid, a big tug of war between England and Scotland to get them to play, and he's, he's won underage caps for both countries, and it all just fizzled out uh, to, into a free transfer. And you look at the team that he played with, Vincent Angelini was in that team, um, and, and, and Dembele, they were the two star players, and not one of them has really kicked on for Celtic. Huge disappointment, one of the biggest disappointments that you can remember, Amy? 
Yes, massive. Um, you know, I don't think there has actually been quite so big a hype about a, a 13 year old, you know, and it wasn't just on a Scottish scale, this was European wide, if not even worldwide. You know, you're having camera crews coming in from all over to try and capture them up and, you know, do the, the street stuff and, and the little five minute packages, the little five minute features. Um, and everyone wanted those early glimpses of, of Caramel with Dembele. And yeah, you're thinking at 19, that I know it's still incredibly young, but when you've kind of been in the limelight, let's say for the best part of six years, you'd think maybe something would have really came about now. And, you know, it's it's, it's disappointing. Yeah, there, there's really um, no other way to put it. But in the same sense, is it, a, is it a loss though? Because, you know, you can't really lose something that you never really had. And, you know, Celtic first team never really had them in, in that kind of sense. Sure. never made that impact that it was supposed to so yeah it's, it's the disappointment that's that something never transpired but I don't know I think it's more a disappointment than a loss because like I say how can you lose something that you never really had never really made an impact at all and in, in obviously in a first team shirt so um, it'll be interesting it'll be extremely interesting to see exactly where his career does go mm. because you know you don't gain all that kind of attraction from everywhere at the age of 13 and you know lose that but you need to think, you know, is it an attitude thing? Is there just like a, obviously, a, undeniably a, a God-given talent, but is that maybe not being matched by work ethic? You know, these are things that we won't know. But I think as, you know, you watch him hit 20, 21, 25 kind of thing, um, it'll be interesting to see exactly where does his career kind of, kind of rank. Yeah, a cautionary tale perhaps, Colin. We've seen it with Islam Farouz previously. I remember... Uh, JP mentioned a, a young player called Sonny Pike long before your time but yeah. check out an interview done recently on YouTube uh, one minute he's, he's at Ajax the next minute he's playing non-league and driving a taxi yeah. and it was all about the amount of media attention he got around about that time doing adverts for McDonald's and all this kind of stuff featuring on TV we all knew who he was he, was, he had an agent and it, it came to nothing. What's your thoughts on Dembele? All a bit too much, too young for him in terms of the hype? I think when it comes down to it, he's obviously someone who's got a lot, a lot of talent. But um, unfortunately, that only gets you so far in the game. I think back to someone when I was growing up that everyone had a, a massive hype around and it was a American called Freddie Adu. Um, at 14, he made his MLS debut. He was playing for the American national team. Now I think he's playing sort of third, fourth division in America just now and he's only just turned 30. Um, he was someone who was meant to have trials with Benfica and Real Madrid and Manchester United and unfortunately I think he was very similar to Karamoko Dembele where he was very slight and I think that is one of the problems that Karamoko's had is for as talented as he was when he was trying to fit into Scottish football he was too slight for the game. He was getting maybe nudged off the ball. He was getting, picking up injuries like he did last pre-season. He was never really getting a run at it. Um, and we're talking about Mikey Johnson having to bulk up. I think Dembele would have probably had to bulk up quite a bit as well to, to fit in, which is a shame because you think back to people like Jimmy Johnson who had nothing much about him but was so strong on the ball and such a young, uh, I say young, uh, such a small kind of tricky winger. Mm-hmm. you kind of go back and hark for those days but then you look at the way football is now and it's just not got a place for these players unfortunately which is a shame but I do hope he goes on to make something of his career at least 
Yeah, you do. And we wish him well. It's been a quick hour uh, on a Monday with Amy and Colin. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved in the comments. It's always an absolute pleasure. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the channel. Colin, you want to say something to I've finish just, off? So, I, I don't know, Amy, if you're aware of this, but the draw has been made. I've just seen it. <laughs> so in the first, round, the first round, it will Libby. be the Jockstein Friendship Trophy, I believe, between Albion Rovers and Celtic, which probably hasn't been held in a couple of seasons. Um, and if Celtic were to get through that, they would face the winners of Livingston B versus Bonnie Rig Rose. Okay, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to ask Amy who she would be supporting. We'll leave it at that. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved, and thank you once again, Colin Watt and Amy Canavan, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. What's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you've got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait. Text SCORE to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.